Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Well, what is this? Welcome to the Lady Gang. That's amazing. Say that again. The Lady Gang. Things are about to change around here. Each week, we catch up with Hollywood's hottest girl posse, Kelty Knight, Becca Tobin, and Jack Vanek. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Lady Gang. I am Becca Tobin here with Jack Fanick and Kelty Knight. Kelty's just like throwing a bunch of shit around. She's mad. I'm trying to. Like, I'm staying organized. No, you guys, I'm the best I've ever been. How? It, just in general, oh. Kelty 4.0. I'm like, like I'm happiness? so good. Yeah, like I'm just like work life balance, man. Oh wow, good. But you. hasn't your husband been out of town for like a month? <laughs> yeah, but I have been eating um, so well. Oh, okay. And I think <laughs> just food. <laughs> No, I've been eating so well, and I think that I've actually been forcing myself to eat more because instead of being like work, 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 and then like eat a meal at the end of the day, I've been like, what is I'm, what is breakfast? What is lunch? You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it, and then like I'm making super healthy choices. Like that, I have not ch- cheated on gluten and things that upset my tummy in weeks. Good for you. And That's it makes interesting, a difference. though, because I did see a photo of you on Insta Story today where I was like, I think I might have to tell her she's getting too thin. I thought I looked too thin in that photo too. Yeah. Yeah. I look a little Skeletor, right? Yeah. Is it because I'm pale or was it not a great dress? I think that you could honestly, I think that I'm happy that you're eating healthy, but I think that you could probably put on a couple pounds and you might, yeah, get some fats in you, some avocado. I'm I'm looking a little, I saw that picture. I was like, why did that picture not look great? The dress is so cute. And I was like, I just look, but I couldn't tell this one. When women, and then I was like, like, orange lip. And I was like, maybe it's the orange lip. No, it's because as you get older, you can't be so super skinny or you start looking older. I look old, right? Yeah. I'm being honest with you. You need some fat in that face. (laughs) I know. I got to look at it again. (laughs) Because you... You definitely, the thing is, is like you can get away with being like super duper thin in your twenties cause you got the fat in your face. Mm-hmm. But, but then like, once that all dissipates, yeah, you kind of have to like put on a couple pounds. I, I think know. that's why I couldn't post the picture to my grid. It wasn't a grid worthy picture. No. And I was like, I think I need to start wearing sleeves too. No. I thought so many I things, think that but you I felt like just... I needed to promote the dress. So, okay. No, well. it's a pretty dress. And I'm sure everyone listening is like, oh, woo, 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 boo, hoo, you're too skinny. But like, honestly, I think that at a certain age, it ages you to be too thin. Yeah, it does. Okay. And I just want you to look beautiful and youthful and radiant. The, Eat some how you are. ice cream. I do. No, I have been. <laughs> I got fudge bars. Anyway, we're not, oh this God. is not a, what did Kelsey eat today episode? Although... We're two minutes and 30 seconds in, and it has been that so far. All right. Well, did you guys hear that that, um, constructive conversation amongst girlfriends? Yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. Friendships. It is. Are we friends? No. Okay. (laughs) If our job wasn't entertainment, I wouldn't tell anybody anything about the way they look. But since it does impact our jobs, like, I want one of you guys to be like, hey, Becca, like, Maybe go easy on Dr. Diamond. Like, you're looking yeah. a little cray-cray. No one's yeah. going to cast you anymore. Yeah. So you're allowed <laughs> you're to say that like to cat me. You're looking like cat lady. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I feel like you're really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> it's time for... Good week. Yes, it is. Bad week. Oh, no. Who wants to start? Well, we just did three minutes of I'll me, go. so someone else, please, God. Is talk. that your bad week, Kelty? <laughs> no. Okay. She's like, I have so much more to talk about. Um, I'll go first. So good week. We had 
an important meeting last week and Becca has been going to a psychic and telling her no, to No, she's do... not a psychic. <laughs> what is she? A spiritual she is leader? a healer. Don't tell what we're doing. I can't tell no. what we're doing? No. I feel like you talked about it on the podcast. I didn't say specifics. Not, uh, not about what we're doing, but about what the healer told us to do. Yeah. That's... We oh, we're can't not saying tell that, that secret because okay. people who listen to the podcast and that we meet with are going to be like, oh, it was all a sham. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Just can tell them. They're our friends. Okay. You guys don't use this against us. Yeah. Go, Jack. Okay. So the spiritual leaders. Healer. Here, what yeah. is wrong with you? She's not a cult leader. <laughs> the spiritual healer's idea was that when you go to do something important. Like a job interview. Meeting, an important person mm-hmm. job interview for you an audition mm-hmm. for us an important meeting mm-hmm. is to wear some money on your person mm-hmm. to exude success and, and make someone think that you're going to make them money. money. They're going to feel the energy of the money yeah. and like, and correlate that to so you. So you wear cash, a lot mm-hmm. of cash somewhere on your body. So Becca made us go to the ATM, take out cash and put it in our panties. We all had a thousand dollars cash on us. So, <laughs> but when I went to go take, so that's our, the good week, I guess, is that's an f- interesting thing. You to guys do. should try it. It's cool. Yeah, it was cool. It made me feel powerful and like I had You're money like, on me. You're like, my cheap underwear is, <laughs> this is meanwhile I'm wearing being like accessorized my, yeah. by a thousand dollars cash. So my, my bad week is. Uh, I forgot to take my money out. So me, Becca and I went into the ATM right before our meeting and I go to take the money out. I must've gotten two small of bills because I got a shit ton of dollars. You have to ask for hundreds. I did not get hundreds. So I had a big stack of cash. <laughs> then I got it in an, env- an envelope, mm-hmm. but I didn't have anywhere to put said envelope on my body. No bra. I was wearing no bra, a wrap dress and, um, I'm barely Stu- there anyway. Stuart Weitzman, like, strappy sandals right and it was my laundry day so i was wearing a very loose pair of underwear (laughs) the elastic was gone the elastic was gone so i had nowhere to put it so i'm like okay i guess i'm gonna try to close the envelope (laughs) and try to make it as flat as possible and then i'll just kind of sit it in my underwear on the back of my butt Mm -hmm. so i tried it kind of made me look like i had a huge huge ass because it kept flapping outwards yeah and then the whole meeting, the envelope just keeps on opening, like on my asshole. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. And then we all got, we all stood up to leave and it's like slipping out of my underwear. I'm so nervous that $20 bills are going to come like <laughs> flopping out of my vagina. And I barely made it. Okay. But I felt rich. I think you were good. struggling. Yeah. I was struggling. It was a struggle. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go. So my, my bad week is uh, I have a very small garage now, like really narrow opening and I drive an SUV and I, my one thing with this house was like, it's going to be tight to get in this garage every day. And Mm -hmm. you don't really have that much street parking. There's like two spots in front of our house. That's it. Yeah. But I wouldn't street park because I think that's weird if you have a garage and you street park. That's a whole nother conversation. People that use their garage for something other than cars they weird me out. Okay. Um, like so, a fourth room. It's weird. Okay. Um, okay. So I was like, you know what? I got this. Zach knows, knows me to be a very bad driver. I yeah. hit everything. I'm a horrible driver, uh-huh. but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to disappoint him with my skills in getting into this garage. I'm going to be amazing. And I was nailing it. I was nailing it for like two weeks. Uh-huh. I could back in, I could pull in the front, whatever. Uh-huh. Well, I got nervous because someone was behind me going very fast. Mm -mm. And I was like, I just got to whip into this. I got to whip into the garage. I got too confident and I fucking 
skid the entire side of my car Oof. on the side of the garage. And I lease my car and the lease is up this summer. And I, I'm going to take this car back and they're going to be like, you actually lost your license because how many times you hit this car into something. That's... The bumper up from Lady Gang TV because I rear-ended a curb, <laughs> a weirdly height curb in That's... Kelty's driveway. Oh, yeah. That curb is really high. It's like a high curb and it was under my car and it got caught. My car is a disaster. License plate dented. It's a shit Looks show. like you're going to have to buy it. No, I'm not. I'm just going to go back to BMW and, like, just smile my way through it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm actually just going to have to lease a BMW for the rest of my life. Right. To make good on it. Yeah. Okay, so my good week is, did you guys know the trick with your email? If you accidentally delete an email, you can shake your phone? No. What? No. Yeah. So sometimes I'll go through and I'll be like rapidly deleting. Yeah. And it's a mistake. For some reason, like my trash takes forever to load. So if I need to get back to an email accidentally deleted, you shake it and then it says undo archive and you say yes. Interesting. Mine didn't. Let me try to delete something. Maybe it's Undo trash. Yeah. Undo trash. I think you can do it if you send something you don't want to be sent to. Like, no. Yeah, I think so, Kelty. I'm gonna send you an email, and okay. it's gonna say you're an asshole. Yeah, and then See I'm gonna send it. it. Apparently, okay. We're send. gonna test here. Test. Oh wait. Okay. Un- undo archive. Undo. There's no way that works. Let me see if I get it. Oh, did you get it? I got it. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Never mind, guys. It's okay. not like Don't an Instagram for DM. All right. Well, this is amazing. Um. I have a bad week. What is it? What's the bad week? Chris is in New York always. Yes. He's basically living in New York now, and I miss him so much. Aww. I never thought I would miss him because I'm not <laughs> someone that misses people. I'm very – I love to be alone. And, like, I'm so lo- – not so lonely, but, like, I never realized how beautiful it was to just have someone's, like, hand brushing your hair, Aww. you know? Like, I just miss him. How really long has he been him. gone for? He's, like, gone, like, most of the time. <laughs> He's like basically living in New York. I really miss him. Anyway, that's it. Is there an end in sight? No. <laughs> okay. It's forever. How much has he gone like per month out of the month? Like he Literally. got back on Thursday and he's going again tomorrow morning. I don't understand how his clients need this much attention. Yeah, they do. It's crazy. Well, RIP. Why does RIP he have to be there? I don't know. To hold their hands? I guess. Pee in a, make them pee in a cup? I don't know. Anyway, the good week is, with all this extra work, I made a large purchase. And it's looking like ninety ninety five at my house right now because I bought <laughs> a hot tub. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Hot tub with jets. Hot tub with How jets. How is this not made a like? debut on your Instagram? And LED lights. Getting it, it hasn't tomorrow. arrived yet. LED lights. I can have How purple much was and green this? and black and blue. Black. It was a lot. It was a lot of money. It's How- fabulous. So I went in for like. <laughs> is the- it like, does it have like a wood outside? Yes. Okay, oh, so that's a good one. It's like a cool like mountain hot yeah. tub. Oh, you know, you're thinking of cedar hot tub. No, because oh. Chrissy Teigen had one in her house and I asked her when I was like doing an interview and I was like, I love the cedar hot tub. She's like, don't. They get very slimy. Ew. Oh, I can Gross. see that. So I got, no, it's uh, white insides and it has, it's seat six, but really it's just going to be me. <laughs> and what's special about this hot tub is that it has a chase lounge in it and the whole chase lounge is hydrotherapy. Oh. So you can just sit there and get a full body massage and the jets. And it is a saltwater system. Cool. So it w- nice. I could go in the hot tub, do some reading, 
smoke a joint, whatever I want, and then I could go right to bed, don't have to shower. That's you, nice. You've never smoked a joint in your life. I know. I don't know why you just I have to smoked seem, a do- cool. doist, a doist, whatever. Doist does not, not a, a doobie. Joint. Okay, you're right. No, I have smoked a joint in my life, but you're okay. right. I won't be smoking a joint in my hot tub. <laughs> so anyway, I'm so excited, and then we're about to start the renovation, so Fixer Upper LA Season 3 Hot Tub Edition is coming to you soon. Thank I'm God. so excited about my hot tub. Congrats. It's so cheesy. I walked in there, and I was like, it's 1997 in this hot tub store, and I'm going to sit in all these hot tubs and pick one out. You you went to a hot tub store. Yeah. By yourself? No, I went with Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was amazing. Okay. Wow. Congrats. Right. Coming up, we're going to learn how to be better people. Hopefully. Now back to the Lady Gang. Our guest today is a self-made, yeah, serial entrepreneur who is worth a thousand times more than myself, Becca, Jack, <laughs> and the Lady Gang combined. <laughs> and plus a hundred thousand percent more. <laughs> With a 24-year career in healthcare, this badass woman has built and sold two massive companies for more than $1.5 billion, that is billion with a motherfucking B, <laughs> and she created a sexual revolution with her female Viagra. Rumor Willis, Ashley Graham, and Paris Hilton are just some of the celebs backing her up. She's currently on a mission to put women on top. It's really hard. Pun intended. A lot of more energy. (laughs) And make other ladies really rich with her Pinkubator investment and mentoring company. Please welcome to the show a woman who may love pink more than we do. She's wearing pink hair, pink ring, pink nails, pink dress. I bet the toenails are pink. A pink lip. Cindy Eckert. Welcome. Okay. Tell me your whole story. Where do I begin? Wait, I want to talk about how. We yeah, found how did each you? Other. Yeah, I know because it's my favorite Jack story. Jack to tell the story in the world. So Cindy started following me on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, huh. It's like I wonder why this like billionaire like badass, badass. woman is following me, and it turns out that she adopted one of the special needs smushy dogs that I love from Road Dogs, no. and she's his new mom. And I always comment on his videos because I'm obsessed with him, Magical Mo. And Such so, a sweetie. Now wait. at Mo Lickety, he has way more followers Mo than I do. Like Lickety. almost over his tongue hangs up. So I'm gonna show you oh, a picture. He's oh my so cute. So wait, how did you find the dog? So Road Dogs is my favorite rescue out here in L.A. that I follow and Jack loves. And they do have these crazy, like, special needs pups. And I saw him when I was in L.A. the last time. So he had to come back with me. Oh, my gosh. No way. Oh, yeah. And what kind of – they're on little wheelchairs or how does that work? No, his problem is that his tongue is too big for his mouth remarkably and so i have to feed him every day with a baby spoon no (laughs) yes do you have videos of this on his instagram Uh, of course i'm trying to teach her how to use her instagram (laughs) better because she needs to post videos of mo because he's so cute pictures of him in hoodies and yeah and everything but i need more video okay you know know, we need to redo your introduction there's a new leading story every day so where is the pinkubator raleigh north carolina who would have guessed? And right? Is that where you're from originally? No. I moved my whole life, but when I started companies, mm-hmm. I went to Raleigh because there's such a base of research uh, for the field that I was in, and um, and I've actually loved it. I love building companies there. It's a great place to live, and then I mostly live on an airplane. Right, of course. Yeah. All over the As place. As we know. Okay. So 
the story. Back. Yeah, give me the Coles notes of the story. Okay, so um, background um, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, built a company with one of the male sexual health drugs. That was my first build it from scratch uh-huh. myself after I'd been in the industry for a little while. And then I looked around and I thought... So wait, you just are like, you know what? We need a pill for guys and their dicks. <laughs> no, that one... So okay. I'll tell you what happened. So I was in the industry for a while and I got to the place where I was like, why the hell am I creating value for other people? Yeah. Were you like a sales value rep? for myself. So had worked my way up. Started in sales. Okay. Went all the way up and started working on like helping companies get ready to go public or right. whatever it may be. Like sort of masterminding, if you will, the strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow doing this. I'm cleaning other people's messes up. I'm going to yeah. go make my own mess. And, um, and I figured I like knew enough people at that time. I could go out, get a product. I got a product in male sexual health. I built yeah. a company. We crushed it. And while I'm on that uh, path, I'm watching all the science emerge on women and I'm going, okay, so now we really do understand that there is a biological basis for some women who don't have sex drive. Mm-hmm. We know it from brain scan studies. Like it's black and white, geeky science, mm-hmm. right? So I'm watching it. Yay, we're finally going to get one. And every freaking company is running away. Why? And here's the scorecard. Right. Why? Like ED drugs alone, the drugs Viagra, Cialis, etc. Yeah. $6 billion globally. And not taxed, right? This... I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Can't even. This one, like same, as many women are affected by this, yeah. by having like a lack of interest in having sex as men have ED. Yeah. And yet all the big companies are walking away. Bullshit. And it wasn't on the basis of science. It was a societal narrative. And so I'm looking at the scorecard and I'm going, all right, there's 26 FDA approved drugs for men, one of which I ran the company for. I founded and ran it. And nothing for women. So and I'm sitting disgusting. in 2010. Wow. No way. Wow. 2011, sell off my profitable company in men. It was so simple now right. when I look back and decide, <laughs> all right, I turned to all my shareholders. I'm like, all right, I'm selling it off. I'm going to take this on. Reach my hand back to them. And I said, give me some of that money back. We're going again. Yeah. And took it on to break down the door for the first ever for women. Damn. It's crazy. That's so insane to me. So what, like, what's your fifth grade Cindy? Yeah. Like, this what, is what I want to know. Like, how are you like, I think I'm going to run companies for people. Like, <laughs> I think I'm going to run massive pharmaceutical companies. You know, I've never like, what did you, coming. did you go to college? I what, did. Were, were yeah. you a cheerleader? Like, I what's was, all that? You know, bi- business, super weird childhood. So went from upstate New York, Rochester, New York, totally blue collar town. And then when I was nine years old, my dad came home one day and he said, do you know where Fiji is? And I like ran to the globe, like in the living room, you know, spun sure, it around, sure. realized it was the other side of the world. And he goes, great, because we're moving there. Like you naturally do from freezing <laughs> Rochester, New York, right. you move to the Fiji Islands. And my dad was, you know, at his very core, he's an adventurer. He's a State Department guy. And that started a cycle where every year from the fourth grade through my senior year of high school, I moved every single That's year. That's hard for you, though. Horrible at the time, like you yeah. can imagine, like perpetual new kid. Yeah. Went kicking and screaming, like I'd finally broken through. I had some friends and it was pack up and move again. Mm-hmm. But now you look at like, you know, again, like the fifth grade you and where you are today. And it became sort of really such a great lesson to me. I had to learn from all different people, be in all sort of very adaptable in different situations. And frankly, I got really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I think it made it's probably why I take on things that everybody else is running away from. Damn. Wow. I'm so inspired. I want to like go beat up someone or something. <laughs> beat up. <laughs> 
Well, let's like, take just, on the government. I was like, I, just, yeah. I need a lady gang with them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. They won't listen. So, <laughs> so now the government is basically saying that you can't make the drug, right? So what happens is I start out, you know, I do all this scientific work, double-blinded, placebo-controlled yeah. trials. Like, it's really a pretty straight path. The right? same a thing you almost did with the guys. Did. Of course. Like, it's very straightforward path. Um, I did all that work, and I met all the endpoints, and I submitted it to the FDA, and I waited, like, getting ready to launch, and they turned it down. Do they give a reason? They said, well, you know, <laughs> the effect is modest. Which, by the way, modest is... Uh, statistically significant against all of the endpoints. Yeah. Modest is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't take a pill and become a nymphomaniac. Right. That's not how this works. Just like you don't take yeah. a pill for depression and become euphoric. It's not what you do. Right. right. You restore back into normal ranges. I bet it's what, a bunch of dudes, though. It, and they were probably like, is the penis hard? No. Is the clitoris the size of a diamond? <laughs> no. Well, then it doesn't work. It's really that we value, like, men's sexual pleasure. Of yeah. Right? Like, course. if something's going wrong for a guy in the bedroom, oh, my God. Not only is it a national emergency, it is 100% accepted that it could be biological. Yeah. If something's going wrong for a woman in the bedroom, A, we probably don't care that much. We're yeah. dismissive. Mm-hmm. And even if we think about it, we go, oh, you're just freaking out. Yeah. Have a bubble bath. <laughs> yeah. How about some self-care? Right? It is bath. really, truly so what- And I'm looking, like, here's the geek in me. I'm looking at black and white brain scan studies in which we can see that for some women, you can see a difference. Like, expose a woman who has this condition. It's called hypoactive or low Mm -hmm. sexual desire disorder, HSTD. We've known about it since the 70s. Put her in an MRI. Put a woman in an MRI who's happy with her desire. Like, you know, it's on, it's off, whatever. Expose them to sexual cues. Brains light up totally differently. Whoa. Crazy, totally differently, and it was study after study after study. Wow, and yet we're all sitting there like, That's and the the idea is, does it actually matter? Right? Does it matter if a woman isn't having the sex that she wants, isn't satisfied with the Uh. sex that she wants? And that's really in my mind what was going on was a value judgment, yeah, sure, how much the benefit is. And really, I became such a crusader. And people would say, like, Come on, Cindy, like, no one's gonna lose their life from this. And what I would say is go talk to them because they're losing their life as they know it. Yeah. I've talked to thousands of, of marriages. Like, marriages you know, are falling apart. Yeah. Who they are, how they feel about themselves. Sure. They, you know, our sexuality is a lot of our moxie, how we show up in the world. Yeah. And if you talk to women, and I'm, I'm very lucky that thousands of women at this point have shared their story with me. Like, they're devastated. It's not, right. Look, if you're not having sex and you don't give a shit, you would never be eligible for this. Right. Right. But these are people who really something, a switch almost has gone off, and sure. they're deeply distressed by it. Yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? So, so what did I do? So I, um, I fought the government. Yeah. As you naturally do, too, right? <laughs> so I got this, my mind. right? It, it was, and I'll tell you why I did it. I had 13,000 women worth of data. Wow. 13,000. Three times as many as Viagra had, by the way, when it was approved. Viagra got fast-tracked for approval. It met such an important unmet medical need (laughs) that we rushed it through approval in six months. It took me six years to get through with this medication. But three times more data. But three times more data. And I had to meet three endpoints in every single clinical trial. I had to prove women had more satisfying sexual events. Um, They had more desire for sex. They were less distressed about it. So like measured, you know, against statistical significance, nine different ways in these huge trials, met it every single time. And we still were saying no. And again, 
it was so clear to me that it was the value judgment piece mm-hmm. of it. Science ultimately won. Yeah. Um, but when in science won, so too to women. Science gave us the answer a long time ago. We just had to get out of our own way. And so what is it exactly and what does it do and like yeah. where can I get it? We need to talk about the demographic of it because yes. Cindy and I went to drinks the other night and yes. we were talking about it and she's like, Well, you'll explain it. I'm like, smells like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yourself <laughs> no the type of personality oh, yes. that, okay totally tell me so, so type a yeah <laughs> yeah I'm hi i'm looking at you yeah. i know me too yeah. um so tr- truly like typically very type a and what's funny is it's our brain's kind of quiet when we have sex it's almost like we shut everything down uh-huh. we shut it all off we're pretty animalistic and for women who are very type a the information processing part of their brain goes really, really fast. And they describe, like, they're lying in bed and they're going, oh, shit, I have this on my to-do list. I got to do 100%. It. And their brain never quiets, actually, yeah. sex. And it's what we see in brain scans. So, like, you actually can see that their brain doesn't, like, it's still oh. lit up when they're watching, like, erotic cues or whatever it is. Whereas other women are, like, shutting right. it down. Right. Um, they're so, going into, like, lover yeah, mode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Which is really, I mean, it's very interesting. And what it is is... We need like this perfect balance of excitement and inhibition to be able to lock onto that. Mm -hmm. And for some women, it goes off kilter. And not for some women, actually. For 10% of women, Mm -hmm. and I would say that may be even underreported. So one in 10 women is dealing with this. Wow. And has a biological basis to what's going on. And even her girlfriends are saying to her, like, oh, it's just a phase. Oh, you know. And they say to themselves, classic female behavior, right? Oh, well, if only, like, I read Fifty Shades of Grey. If only I bought sexier lingerie. And it's completely outside of their control. Uh-huh. It's physiological. Uh-huh. So indiscriminate across the age bands, that yeah. surprises people. We had women as young as 18 in our trials. It affects 1 in 10 across all, all of those ranges. Yeah. And it works by getting that balance really to the, we believe, to the right place huh. in order to. So uh, do you take it, like, cases. right before? You like, take it every day. Every day. So the, I'm always, like, worried about making the parallel to, to antidepressants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not that these women are sad. And right. this is what pisses me off about it, uh-huh. is I can remember, like, doing this one time a long time ago with a guy in press, and he's like, oh, so you mean they're just sad, and that's why they won't have sex? Oh, my sex. God. And I'm so oh mad because this is a distinct, right, condition. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the thing that we all understand that mm-hmm. works on brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can imagine the effect that way. Yeah. The same, like, it is you're taking it. It's sort of on board. It's restoring you back to normal. It doesn't go like zero to 60. Mm -hmm. And in fact, women who respond, not all women do, like I Mm -hmm. should caveat that, but Mm -hmm. women who do respond, you know, they talk about like, oh my God, I had a fantasy. Mm. I can't remember the last time Mm -hmm. I had a fantasy or, you know, they're watching the sex scene in the movie and they're like, okay, well, let's Mm -hmm. turn that off. And, you know, and it, that's not typically what their response is, but it's that like biological drive that we're wired with coming back on. It's like, you know, when you're on birth control and then you go off birth control and you're like, oh, this is what my natural body is versus like my drug body. Or like when you're, or you're taking your probiotics every day and then you stop and you're like, oh, wow. Hmm. You just feel like something's different. It's like something's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So how do you, would you get it through a psychologist? No, so prescription. It is a prescription. um, And a couple things. So actually you can get it through addy.com. Um, it's spelled A-D-D-Y-I. All drugs have weird spellings. Mm-hmm. Um, so Addy.com. And, and the way you can get it through there is I knew that women won't bring it up. So mm-hmm. many women bring it up with their gynecologist or their primary care, and that's all fine. And any of your physicians can mm-hmm. absolutely address it. 
But I knew that women would want to have this conversation from like the privacy of their home on their couch. And so now, you know, with telemedicine, with the ability to have a phone conversation with some, a doctor license in your state, that's what happens. If you go to Addy.com, it bounces you out to a telemedicine company. You can talk to a doctor licensed in your state. And if you're appropriate for it, it ships to your doorstep. Oh, shit. That's like my UTI medicine. Because yeah. I can barely ask for enough. If I have to call the doctor one more time and say I have a yeast infection, yeah. I, I'm already shamed by that. Yes. So that's so smart of you. Well, and it also, this is what I knew in doing that is I, my hypothesis was this is how women will want to have this conversation. Yeah. I, I hope that at some point we move to a place where sure. they're asking you this right. question in your women's wellness, but we're not there. And so uh, I went to these telemedicine companies. I said, look, I think this is right here's my condition. Like there's no incentive. Once you leave my site, you're with a different company. Um, but I said, you, your physicians actually have to become educated on this. Yeah. 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 Like they have to be educated. I can't have a woman hit the other end of the phone and have somebody who's going, what, huh? I had, there's a wonderful, um, gynecologist. She's a, you know, expert researcher in this field. And when she was in med school and trying to decide like what she was going to do, I'll tell you the conversation that made her decide to be a gynecologist, and she tells me, and it makes my skin crawl. But she was on a rotation um, in OBG, and the doctor, a woman said to this male physician, hey, hey, listen, you know, I just never have interest in having sex. I love my husband, but something's Mm -hmm. changed. I never have interest anymore. And he looked at her, and he said, I can't get my wife to have sex with me. How the hell do you think I'm going to help you? No. And she said, and I knew in that moment, like, she will never raise her hand again. And that's why I've got to go into this field. And I don't mean to say right, that sure. a woman is necessarily going to hit that. But it, yeah. I was concerned about yeah. as we're coming up the learning curve, as we're breaking through all these societal biases anyway, that having that ability to know that those that group of uh, physicians were educated specifically on this just made me feel more comfortable that women were in good hands. Wow. wow. I love that. So how long has the drug been available? So I got approved in 2015. I sold my company uh, two days after the approval for a billion dollars. And then the company that bought it put it back on the shelf and never launched it. And I was crushed. Wait. Crushed that that happened because we didn't fight that hard for women to have, you know, take it or don't take it. What, yeah. what we take all it cared and use about. It. But yeah. why would they buy it? The choice. So they went through like crazy turmoil. They changed their CEO. We were the last thing in the door. It was just like, it just got sidelined. And I could never explain that from their perspective, but it was not going to happen on my watch. So um, I ended up suing them and I got it back for free. I kept the billion dollars and, um, ah! and so got it back and it's just launched this year. Congratulations. Thank you. What it's a like <laughs> story. story. Crazy, right? I guess That's... the story of getting the first ever drug for women's libido was going to be like that, right? Exactly. Like You're that. making a movie, Crazy. right? Oh, that'd be so fun. You, you <laughs> have to make a movie. Oh, yeah. I have mean, you been crazy. offered, have people come to you before? I, I have unbelievable, like, interest in this right now. Because I do think there is a, look, it's a David Goliath story. Like, how yeah. do you take, I don't look. I don't look like a pharmaceutical CEO. I know they're not, not looking at me right now. But, like, there's just, I've been an She's outlier hot. in every <laughs> single way that's so sweet. And yeah. female, which is also female. never the case. <laughs> and, and I think that, um, you know, there is a David Goliath here. And I think there is a truth that if you just are 
hell bound and determined, mm-hmm. right? You can fa- fight the patriarchy and win. I can, oh, I can see so the good. scenes already. I can see the scenes. And so then you celebrate I. it. Yeah. And it's amazing. And you think the movie's over. And then, she did it. One billion dollars. <laughs> and then and then she's like, not done yet, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm crying in my bed. And yeah. it turns yeah. out. I'm when sure. I was supposed to stay with the company after they bought. And it was great. My whole team right. was going to stay. And, and literally... Um, you know, their things went sideways and Mama Bear was not happy. Mm-hmm. And then I was invited to leave. Oh my and, God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my whole team was gone in three months. And then really it was crushing. I was, it's so much a part of who I am and that fight. And um, then to be just sitting on the sidelines and knowing that we worked that hard and no woman could get it anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just was crazy. And then I had to, you know, like go out for some retail therapy, buy some really hot <laughs> pink stilettos and then go that i'm gonna go like stick this right where they deserve it and we're gonna get this back but you had to get it back together so this is interesting because sitting here with you it's clear even in these 20 minutes you are a girl's girl you are a hard worker you're incredibly smart um you are very charming like you have great personality you're such a great talker but you're saying you just said something where you said you were asked to leave so I imagine that in business, you can be tough. Yeah. And so how do you deal with that? Because that's something that we come up across all the time is yeah. that like, if you're sure of what you want and you're like, this is what I want, you're a bitch or you're crazy or you're whatever, mm-hmm. but like, you can't get anything done by being like, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So like, how do you do that? Well, I, you know, in every way over the course of my career, I think in everything I've taken on and in, in the male-dominated industry I've been in, I've been underestimated. And at some point, I flipped that, and I, um, I sort of enjoyed it. And I thought underestimation was an invitation to surprise people. And oh. so I just let, like, <laughs> like write that I'm down. Like, write that down. <laughs> it's just like, okay, well, you know, you walk in the room, they've already like sized you up, yeah. figure you don't fit in the club. And, you know, my, my fun was thinking like, <laughs> watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really not about confidence, about competence. Mm-hmm. Like I went into those rooms shaken and nervous and yeah. everything else. But by God, I knew, I knew my stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, I think I just holding my ground and not having the reaction. Like some, I think if you just accept the reality, right, what we do is we struggle with the reality. The reality is women are underestimated in business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. I can give you data for days. You're going to get less funding. You're going to get, I'll keep going, right? Mm-hmm. If I accept that, then I don't sit back from it and, and rail in frustration or self-doubt. I go, okay, whatever. Watch me get around it. Yeah. And I, th- I talk to you know, founder, female founders in particular about it all the time. Well, you're not wasting your energy kind of being uh, resentful about the fact that you're not giving – well, which is – you're not giving the same opportunity or right. the same amount of respect. Yeah. But you just work with what you yeah. are given. I wear pink all the time for this reason. Like pink for me is is symbolic of the shift from underestimated to unapologetic. I mm. like pink. I always liked pink. Look at all my baby pictures. I'm in pink. <laughs> and um, and it's about like the perception of weakness is a joke. Mm-hmm. Like actually femininity is so powerful if you bring it into the boardroom or whatever it may be. And why don't we tap into that? Why are we told like, oh, you need to look the part. You need to conform to that. It's the antithesis of what I think you should do. I think when people are making, you know, ideas and gender stereotypes, you don't move away from it. You actually go right for it. Oh, I love that. Okay. Top three things to nailing 
a pitch. You go into yeah. the room and you have got to, they've got to buy what you're selling. Yeah. Wait, can you explain your pinky beater a little I bit? Will. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so pinky beater was, is my money where my mouth is. You know, I, I got to this unbelievable exit and I think why the hell is this club lonely for women? It's, it's bullshit. I want to make women really fucking rich. That's our mission statement. Because if I do that, <laughs> if I do that, right, you're sitting on the side of the table deciding what things you want to see in this mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Sure. And right now, that's not who's sitting on the side of the table. So we invest in female letter focus companies. They're breakthrough firsts. Like, I love the first and the things that nobody else will take on. And I think they have incredible social impact. So mm-hmm. I'll give an example. Um, Jack and I were talking about a disposable pregnancy test that's coming to market. It's called Leah Diagnostics. Like, only a woman would have considered, like, mm-hmm. why that? First of all, discretion. Like, it's 100% our business. I don't necessarily want to walk in and see my pregnancy test in the, in the you know, waste paper basket yeah. every day, especially if I'm going through infertility. Sure. reminded I'm not pregnant again. Never mind, like, why does 80% of a pregnancy test have to be plastic? Like it's environmentally right. It's crazy. a strip. The right? paper is what exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so so cool. And you know, and it and very fascinating. Like the responses it elicits. Actually, when she goes in to pitch it, right? If it's not a woman sitting on the other side of the she table, you never understand. That's right. They would never yeah. can get it. Yeah. yeah. Technology that detects. You know, I can dip my finger in this, touch a disc, and in thirty seconds it tells me if there's a date rape drug in that drink. Wow. Those are the things we want to see in this world. And and if you go to like conventional venture capitalists, they go, oh, that's a, a niche a market. A <laughs> like niche. It's a niche market. It's more than half the population. What are right. we talking about? Yeah. So pitching, right. n- nailing it. I'll tell you what, if everyone would walk into the room and just organize their thoughts under what am I uniquely trying to do? Mm-hmm. Why am I the person to do it? And what's in it for you if you go on this ride with me? If you'd ladder everything up to that, you'd yeah. nail everything else. And I will just say one other thing. I think you've got to be human in the pitch. People come in rehearsed and practiced and so nervous. Mm-hmm. And then if they screw up, they don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And the best thing to do is if you screw up, go, you are freaking me out and making me nervous. And, like, be human. Yeah. And they're go- People are, are picking people. They're really, like, yeah. actually, you make a huge mistake as an investor if you get romanced by an idea. Because the idea is never going to execute itself. A person's going to execute the idea. That's so who funny. You're we on. had Kevin O'Leary he on. Said that and he said all of his women. He said oh. that he is the most successful CEOs are women. Yeah. I do love Kevin for that. And he's vocal about it. And all the data supports it. Yeah. yeah. We all love the when data he said that. We I was like, crush it. Why aren't yeah. you on Shark Tank? Yes. I don't know. Let's call him. I mean, you. Well, she's making her own Shark Tank. Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Drown. Them. Well, something that I thought was super interesting when we we're talking is um, you were talking about a specific woman that was pitching an idea to you, and she got a little bit of emotional about it. And Cindy saw that as a a strength rather than you know if it was a bunch of men, they'd be like, "Oh, this woman doesn't know what she's talking about. She's freaking right. out. Like, crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. She's unstable. Listen, she was in the middle of it, and she wasn't. We weren't even peppering her or anything else. And you could just like the emotion just swelled, sort of the magnitude of the moment. And, uh, and in that moment, here's what I knew. The stakes were that high for her. And I yeah. loved her for it because she cared that much yep. in the moment. And we walked out of the room and really a guy looked at me and he's like, he was in observing. He said, why, why was that a good thing and what would have been different? I said, had she been in a classical room, they would have said weakness out. Yeah. No shot. She's got what it takes. And I saw the total opposite. I saw like. You'll stay up till four actually, in the morning. That's yeah. right. Work. You will kill it. And I think that's why like Kevin, his 
female founders, you know, we're a little cavalier right now about taking people's money. Like the Shark Tank culture has made it feel like, oh, it's everywhere. And yeah, oh, yeah. Right. you understand the risk. You can lose it. And you know what? Female founders sit with, with an investment, I think, and they go, oh, my God, this is someone's child care. Yeah. This is their college education. This is their parents' elder term care. And, and I, I took this money, and I've got to give it back to them and then some. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, oh, failure is a badge of honor. I right? bet you statistically, it's somebody else's money who cares. Not, right. Yeah. I bet you statistically men are less likely to like return borrowed money than women too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a big it's, responsibility yes. if you're being given money to do something with it. That's right. And you're right, men are very cavalier. They're like, well, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's well, right. and, yeah, if you're getting like money from an investor, it's like it's all my money. Exactly. So mm-hmm. who cares if I up. And women yeah. are like, can't sleep at night until I return every penny and then some. That's yeah. exactly right. I couldn't. I could uh, never. never. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought of that of all of my investors, right? And I felt so personally responsible. The idea that we celebrate like, oh my God, you got the big check and now you have an investment. Like, yay. I'm like, that's the moment that terror should strike. I was going to say, absolutely. That, <laughs> that is the terror. <laughs> like, oh my God, I have yeah. this money. I got to spend it wisely. I've got to stretch right. it further. I got to yeah. pay them back. Well, it's like, we feel like that is like a weight on our shoulders. For whereas, sure. yeah, I feel like men are like, I'm rich. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the pinky bitter, do you guys then take on these ideas? And we it's do. like, you're basically shark taking them. So we take them, we take them on. They have great founders mm-hmm. and, and then they get surrounded by my business team. that's helped me build companies. And wow. we basically try to get them to launch as quickly as we can. Cause you know, I can look and be like, oh, I stepped on that landmine step, step left. And so, you know, a lot right. of it, there's, there's two injustices I think for female founders one is the lack of access to capital so only two percent of all venture dollars go to women two percent two two half the population is two percent of the good ideas it's insane insane. so that's one injustice and the other injustice is I think lack of access to to mentors Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. You're absolutely it's right. Super Cindy. Difficult. Yeah. It's so difficult. Even the women in our space are so protective because there's only one seat at the table yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like we try to share because we kind of, that's the whole thing behind the right. lady gang. I right. love that about you. But we also understand when she doesn't want to share her secret right. because yeah. then next week we're taking her spot and right. it's like really fucked up. There's like no way to really get around it right. unless you're doing what you're like doing. like 55 bar spools, bar spool sports. sports. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's, you go in there and there's 250 dudes and right. they're all working and like, and we love the girls, the chicks mm-hmm. in the office, but you know, it's like, there's so many of those on the charts, but like when we launched our podcast, we were one of the first female podcasts yeah. and then everyone came up and there's some people like we just did morning toast mm-hmm. and like I sat with the girls in morning toast for an hour after and we're just like, so what do you do for touring? What do you, yeah. and we're like sharing. That was, was the first collaborative. The, it was so amazing, but that mm-hmm. really is so rare. Yeah. People mm-hmm. are like, they don't want to share anything about their business. And you're like, we're fucked. Like, and then who do we go to? Well, we are if we don't start sharing you know, it. I mean, that's what I love to. about you guys. You have to do it. Yeah. I have, like, the thing I have the least tolerance for is what I would say is girl-on-girl violence. Like, the hell with mm-hmm. that. We yeah. have to get each other there. We can carve out more spots. We can yeah. help each other get there. I just, there's, there's no, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't yeah. buy that you can't help but someone else. But it's so get interesting, there. like. In, even in the entertainment business, and I don't know if you felt this way in fashion or with acting, Becca, like the men were more willing to mentor me. Mm-hmm. Like when I was doing my hosting yep. stuff, like they'd be oh, like, go yeah. get them. Like mm-hmm. you've got this. Hey, take a breath. Like you got the hair. Mm-hmm. I have a contact for you. The women 
was never that way. It yeah. always was competitive. Well, and yeah, and I grew up in the music scene. We we're talking about it, and it was a total guy's world. And every woman that was older that could have been a mentor, it's always like looking down on other girls. Like it's very hard to find mm-hmm. somebody that can mentor you properly so and like actually believe in you in a way where it's, there's not like a bit of jealousy. Yeah. So we gotta break that cycle. Yeah. Well, That'll it's like creating forever. more spaces at the table. That's yeah. Right. And that's been cool. I mean, it's been like we've given away all our secrets to the ladies and like gentlemen in our network now. Mm-hmm. And like to see them, it almost makes you even more proud than just our shows and yeah, stuff. Sure. When when one of our shows becomes like an almost in- overnight hit, you're yeah. like, I've just changed your life. Like yeah, I'm making amazing. you money now. That's, like you're paying your that's people the greatest from this money. Yeah. Healing ever. ever. It's the best. It thing is amazing. Ever. You're like, hey guys, you're getting a check this month. Here's the money, and you're just the like, best. yes, we did it. I gotta tell you, of all the things and of that I've done, my my proudest thing is the multiplier effect. That's it. Yeah. The multi, and that's really like the pink ceiling is about like I pay it forward, and I know they get to outcomes. They pay it forward. They pay it forward, and now all of a sudden you've got this incredible like pink army, if you will, helping each other out. And that for when you came, you know, anybody who came to work for me, I mean, part of the reason I became an entrepreneur is I wanted to have skin in the game. Like I'm creating this value and ownership is foundational. And I think ownership beyond equity in a company is like how you show up in the world, right? Do you own it all the way through? And uh, so everyone was an owner who came to work for me and to watch when we hit these outcomes, right? And watch how they make decisions differently. And it's not just financial freedom. It's like this emotional freedom to do what you really care about. And I think that's that, like the amazing kind of follow on Mm. effect. Cindy, taking me to church. (laughs) Seriously. All right. We are going to come back and Cindy's going to fix your life because I don't want to skip this because I feel like you could really fix your life more than maybe anyone we've ever had on the show. Okay. Okay. You're listening to the lady gang. And we are back. So for this part of the podcast, we have our listeners write us in questions and we give them advice. Our advice, our advice is usually bad, but I feel like your advice is going to be amazing. Our first question comes from drowning in, well, it says debit, but I think they meant debt. debt. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yes. Don't skim your question on my first piece of advice. All right. Okay. I recently made a huge career change to something I've always been passionate about, but at 26, I'm having to start over in a whole new industry and essentially work a quote, bottom of the barrel entry level job. The work itself is fine, but financially, no, the work itself is fine financially, but it's entry level and I'm struggling. I have over 80 K in student debt and can barely make the payments. In addition, my boyfriend and nearly everyone we know, family, friends, etc., make an incredible amount of money. Unfortunately, this means I'm usually forced to skip outings in order to pay for gas and groceries or pinch pennies if I decide I want to join them and go out. I can't stop comparing myself to everyone else around me financially, even though I know this sacrifice will hopefully pay off in 10 years. How do I work to change my mindset and stop letting my overthinking get the best of me? Oof, good question. You know, I think my quick answer, I'll be curious what you guys say, is you have to be conscious in why you made the choice. Right. Like she did. She made the choice for a reason. So you're, you play the long game. And I think that's where we all screw ourselves up. If you play the short game, if you go, oh, shit, I, I, I can't move from this job that I don't really love to this one because what will happen if I have to go back a step or what will happen yeah. if I get a little bit less? You got to play the long game. In life, you got to play the long game and you'll make better decisions about it. I, I talk to a lot of women about, you know, even your career sort of they, we treat it like a ladder. Like I'm going to yeah. do this, 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 this. And I think that actually what we should tell each other is treat it like a jungle gym. 
and like swing toward those opportunities that stretch you, that you love and everything else. And the payoff will be so much greater in the end. I love that. One more piece of advice for her. So if you're making less money, find a way. I want women to own more and find a way to create variable comp. Like we talk about going in and having even like, you know, salary negotiations and we get fixated on, I want this many more percent and it's like a dollar amount. And actually if you would go in and they weren't going to give you that and you then structured like, okay, but let's create an incentive comp. What if I hit this milestone? What if I did this? Would you pay me this much more if I did this in a different structure? Mm. So it's not guaranteed, but it shows how much confidence you have in your ability to do like it. A, yeah, commission-based All structure. of a sudden, like you're going to get actually higher than the number that you walked into the room with. And it's just restructuring our thinking. Wow. Interesting. I love that. That's good advice. Yeah. And I mean, if this girl said that it's something that she's passionate about, yeah. so it's not like it's some random job that she's just switching for convenience sake. So if it will end up catapulting you at some point, right. then I think it's worth hanging on to. If it's something that you love, if she's you don't so love it, if you don't love it, 26. Sure. Oh yeah. Like you have so much. I was a broke bitch at 26. Yeah, I, I was too. <laughs> Everybody was, yeah. Like you're okay. This right. is the time that you should be putting your bottom level stuff in yeah so yeah, that when you're 36 true. you're like a little bit further along yeah yeah yeah. Then, yeah when you're 36 you can be taking out all the girls that aren't making a lot of money mm, and to dinner <laughs> yes yeah and buying their drinks that's right <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay our second question comes from penelope v she says hey ladies here we go for the past two months my vagina who i refer to as penelope has been a royal bitch <laughs> should we all be naming our vaginas <laughs> no that's no. <laughs> too commit. It's too much of a commitment for me. I know. Me. I don't need to give it a she personality. She can't go through a name change. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. Weekly. <laughs> I could write a, write a memoir, but basically it all started with a UTI. Mm-hmm. Turned painful, side ache, turned, turned BV, turned more pain, turned yeast infection, turned cyst, turned removal of my IUD, turned BV again. Mm-hmm. It's been a nightmare, and my sweet boyfriend has been so patient with the total tank of our sex life, has taken because of it. What sexy things can I do for my boyfriend while Penelope is getting her shit together? And what can I do (laughs) to make myself feel better? I'm legit exhausted from all this and crying in my car over my broken vagina hasn't gotten me anywhere. Poor thing. God. There's nothing worse than, I mean, there's lots of things worse, but like, whew. Are you, a vagina issue will really take you down. I also think an itchy vagina. I had an IUD, um, a specific one, and I think that the combination of the IUD and my boyfriend at the time's sperm. Mm. Oh, there was a really, really bad mm. combination chemical thing yeah. happening, and yeah. I caught chronic BV. And it was not until I removed the IUD and made him pull out <laughs> TMI <laughs> that I was able to get the BV under control. Oh, Can, yeah. Can't you get like um, if they eat something specific, like allergic reactions to sperm? Sperm. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some that just don't. That don't mix your pH well. balance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a foreign foreign mm-hmm. body. I mean, blowjobs. <laughs> Penelope. Yeah. <laughs> Men love That's them. where I went first. Right? Yeah, yeah. Blowjobs. I was yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, blowjobs. You'll be mm-hmm. fine. He, he honestly, it's no work for him. He's laying on his back. Sorry for not your getting loss. Sweaty. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry for your loss. <laughs> I thought so with you during this difficult time. Get him a flashlight. <laughs> But I do kind of love that they're openly talking about it. Sure. Like, she's ahead of the game. She should feel good about that, right? How open she is and talking about it and everything else. Right. It's, like, good. But it is. Your sex life goes wrong, man. It's, yeah. 
takes away a lot of the relationship. It's a dark value. time. Well, and she's sure. obviously somebody that is like Into trying it. to make she it is. better I and know. obviously enjoys it. And that sucks. It does yeah. Suck. All the vagina pain. Oh, your poor Get TMJ. well soon, Penelope. <laughs> I know. Poor Penelope will send you flowers. Okay. Last question comes from Anonymous. She says, I just moved in with my boyfriend and it has been amazing. I'm so in love. However, I cannot orgasm. He is so hot and I am so attracted to him. So there's no lack of attraction, but I just cannot get there. I feel close and then I always lose it. It's important to mention that I've never orgasmed with anyone but myself. And I had a slutty stage. I had a slutty stage, so I have been around. (laughs) Help what's wrong with me. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing's Mm -mm. wrong. Is there a brain scan for this? (laughs) Um... Not a brain scan for orgasm, but like when you look at um, sex, you go desire, arousal, orgasm, and you also consider if there's pain present in any way. Oh. Um, so there's usually a cascade effect. So she clearly wants him. She's getting aroused. And I think the orgasm piece, my only piece of advice is never fake it. No. Never fake it. I want it like on t-shirts for all of us. That's like overarching in all of life. Um, because I think that they'll get there if she's just yeah. honest about it. It could My, be a mental yeah. block, too. If no, I'm not the is. right temperature, it's not happening. Well, you've mm-hmm. talked about that. I've, I cannot be too cold. I have noticed, like, in... <laughs> <laughs> You're such an ass. If I'm cold, I can't have an orgasm. I need to be toasty. We know. It's so weird. Yeah, you've <laughs> talked about it so much. Who can even be cold during, during sex? sex? Yeah. <laughs> I run very cold. I have a thyroid problem. <laughs> Dick. No, but I've noticed like when in my past relationship, which yeah. was tumultuous, when I'd be going through like emotionally, I'd be unhappy and yeah. what was going on, I could never orgasm. But yeah. then when I was happy with my boyfriend emotionally, it was so much easier to orgasm. So it's, I always had that like mental connotation. Uh, the mind body connection. Oh yeah. Is extraordinary. And she's psyching herself out that she's it's not going to happen. Out. Yeah. She really is psyching herself out. Cause she's thinking it. She, it's, she's we like, it's overthink never gonna it. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Don't overthink it. Just embrace, em- embrace the, the conversation and, and practice. Get a toy too, yeah. like yeah. a vibrator. She said, she said did she, she say do it she, on her own? Yeah, right? so maybe yeah. have him do. So what maybe you like do. Right. Good idea. show him what you do with I your like vibrator. Yes. I have a hard time orgasming on like just through sex anyway. I'm usually having bringing like okay now do me. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably why it takes so long. Okay, anyway, <laughs> whatever. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's the end. Um, <laughs> you can follow Cindy. I know you're going to want to because, holy shit, are you so inspired, everyone? Yep. Cindy can be followed at Cindy Pink CEO. So cute. <laughs> and follow Mo. Please oh, do. What's at Mo's? Mo Lickety. But we're trying to get you more followers. <laughs> Please, that's true. Mo Lickety is doing, doing fine. fine. He is. Cindy Pink CEO. Thank you. That I can't wait right. for the movie and the book Thank and you. the everything. limited it's gonna be series so great. and for Becca to win an Emmy for playing you. <laughs> yes. Um, Cindy, thank you for coming. Thank I'm you. obsessed with you. I'm so glad you made time thank out of your you. busy billion dollar life <laughs> yeah. to come hang Help out with us, us, poor bitches. <laughs> Amazing. And we will see, see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening and make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. We have new episodes of Lady Gang every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow us on social media at The Lady Gang. Uh, follow us personally at Kelty, most importantly, at Becca and at Jack Bannock. And we will see you next Tuesday.